0: All right, we're in a series called Frequency, Tune In, Hear God. And uh, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture, all right? Turn to Exodus chapter 19, or, or another way to say that is open your Bible to Exodus 19, and then put a marker at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, all right? 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So we'll begin in Exodus 19. And then we will flip over to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, We talk about, as you're finding those passages, in theology you talk about some terms that are are fairly familiar to theologians. uh, And that is the general and the specific will of God. The general will of God and the specific will of God. I want to relate those two terms to the voice of God. Uh, The general voice of God and the specific voice of God. The reason I want to do that is because we all want to hear the specific voice of God. When we have a a, a job change or um, buying a new home or uh, an important decision as far as marriage or family or something like that, we, we need a specific word from God, and we want to hear a specific word from God. And by the way, I believe God wants to speak specific words to us. But my concern is that we're trying to hear specific words from God at different times in our lives without the habit of hearing the general words from God every day. And I think that if we just every four or five or six months or every few years have a big decision and we want God to speak into that part of our lives, yet we're not accustomed with how he speaks and we're not in a habit of meeting with him and hearing from him on a regular basis, I think it's much more difficult to hear those specific words from God when we don't even know how to hear the general words from God. So that's what I want to talk to you about. And it's going to be very, very practical, all right? The title of the message is, Value His Voice. Value His Voice. Because I believe if, if we value something, then we will allot time for that. And, and if I said to you, do you value God's voice? Do you value hearing from God? We would all say yes. But then if I said to you, how much time in your daily schedule have you allotted to hearing God's voice. Many of us would be embarrassed by that question because we just get so busy. We seem to hope that we have time to do this. So I want to It's going to be very, very practical. This is going to be very practical. We've talked about the why of how of hearing God. We're going to start talking about the how to hear God. All right. So, uh, I have four points today. I, I branched out and normally have three, but I'm going to just go forward and see if I can do four, uh, four points. Here's number one set an appointment set an appointment i told you they're very practical set an appointment if you want to hear god set an appointment with god all right exodus 19 uh look at verse 10 exodus chapter 19 verse 10 then the lord said to moses go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And notice what's, what he's doing. It's very simple. He's setting an appointment to meet with them. And then if you look down at verse 19, it says, And when the blasts of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him, now watch this, by voice. See, here's what happened. God said, I want to speak to the people. And uh, he didn't just say, gather everybody, let's get ready. He said, get them ready. Let them prepare to hear the word of the Lord. Now, I'm going to make a statement. I hope you're taking notes. I want you to write this statement down. God comes to a prepared atmosphere. When you look through the Bible at the times when people had encounters with God, if you look, there was a preparation before that encounter in many instances. God comes to a prepared atmosphere. Now, you just think about how much we prepare around here at Gateway Church to meet with God on the weekends. And think about what would happen if you came one weekend and no one greeted you when you came in. There were no greeters. You went to drop your children off at one of the classes and there were no teachers at the, at the children's classes. The lights weren't even on. And you came in the sanctuary and there were no instruments. There was no worship team getting ready. There, there were no ushers to help you find a seat. There, there were no bulletins. And, and I was here, but I wasn't uh up here and i didn't have any notes and and we said something like this well we just felt like that we'd let the holy spirit lead and and really there are many many churches that don't put a lot of preparation into the weekend services and they blame poor preparation on the holy spirit well let me just say, the holy spirit is not that disorganized the holy spirit can speak on tuesday what he wants to do on sunday And yet we can allow for the Holy Spirit to move any way that he wants on the weekend when he gets here. But there has to be some preparation. So if you want to hear God, I'm simply saying to you, prepare. Prepare to hear God. And here's the number one way. Set an appointment. Um, If you don't set an appointment to meet with God, now this is going to sound kind of strange, but if you don't set an appointment, you'll miss it you don't say you say well how could you miss it if you don't set it that's the whole point if you don't set an appointment to meet him you'll miss him you, you want and here's the amazing thing we set appointments with people we set appointments with people we don't even like <laughs> and yet we don't set an appointment to meet with god the most important person we could meet with now let me tell you how to set an appointment i, I told you this to be very practical all right Set a time and a place. Set a time. It's the same way that you set appointments on your iPhone or your Blackberry or in your calendar, however you do it. You set a time to meet the person and you set a place to meet the person. All right, here's what I want you to do. This week, I want you to set a time and a place. Now, some of you might be wondering: okay, Pastor Robert, I've heard that the best time to meet God is 5 a.m. Well, that's the best time for some people. But not everyone is at his best, (laughs) and I know some of you, (laughs) at 5 a.m. Here's how you pick a time. Pick the time when you are at your best. If you're at your best in the morning, you're a morning person, set the morning time, all right? Some people I know will meet with God on their lunch hour. They'll take their lunch, and they'll just get away to a park bench or somewhere. They'll eat lunch, but then they've got another few minutes to just, and they'll take their Bible with them, and they'll just have some time with the Lord. Uh, If you're a parent and you have small children, it might, your best time might be after you get them all in bed after the third spanking. (laughs) That might be the best time for you. And you say, okay, now I need to meet with God. So, this week, this is your assignment. Set a time and a place. Find a place for you. You might need to get out of the house, or you might have a room in the house where you could do it. I know people that meet with God at Starbucks. They just put their earphones in, have their worship music going, have their Bible, and their. Pastor Tom Lane, our executive senior pastor, does anyone know where he meets with God? To Mac- see how many people know this, McDonald's. You may not know this. Pastor Tom Lane has been customer of the month at McDonald's. I'm so proud. But Pastor Tom has journals, stacks of journals when you go in his office from 30 years of meeting with God. And he just goes to McDonald's where he meets with God. And uh, he just spends time. So set a time and a place wherever you, what's comfortable for you. But if you don't set an appointment, if you don't set a time and a place, that's how you set an appointment with someone else. If you don't set an appointment, listen, you're missing. It's misappointments. Or, let me say it another way, disappointments. Many, many Christians live disappointed lives because they miss appointments with god and god wants to talk to you so that's number one here's number two be still and worship be still and worship by by the way the being still is very very hard for us be still and worship let me read you a few scriptures psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that I am God. This is by the way our verse for the month. Maybe you saw that on the announcements a, mo- a few moments ago. Be still and know that I am God. Exodus 14 verse 13. And Moses said to the people, "Do not be afraid. Stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord." Now, go to 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 if you have a marker there. 2nd Chronicles chapter 20. There are 3 armies that have surrounded judah and jerusalem right now three armies have surrounded judah they've come against them 2 chronicles chapter 20 verse 17 how would you like to hear this word from god you will not need to fight in this battle you will not need to fight in this battle position yourselves stand still and see the salvation of the lord and then look down at verse 21 This is talking about the king. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. And those who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. So they put the singers on the front row before the soldiers. Singers before soldiers. And were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, watch this. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. There are the three armies who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people, now watch this. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. I like that word, helped. (laughs) They killed each other. They fought among themselves. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were the dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. That's a pretty good way to win a war, isn't it? Just tell your musicians, hey, you guys go out first. Y'all just sing and worship God, and God will take care of the rest. Now, listen to me. Every one of us fight battles. Maybe you're fighting a battle in your health or your marriage or your family, your finance, your job, your uh, finances right now. Okay. Stand still and worship. Stand still. Just get still before God. Yeah, a verse a while ago, Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am the Lord. Now listen, is it possible that sometimes we don't know that he's God in this situation because we don't get still? Before you can know, you have to Be still. Just start worshiping. All right. So here's the good. Now, this is the way I do it personally. Debbie likes to use uh, her iPhone with her with worship songs. I personally like to ask the Lord for a song every morning. I like to say, Lord, what song do you want me to sing to you today? And then the Lord will bring a worship song to my mind, and I will sing that song. Now, I, 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 for me... I sing it in my, I have my eyes closed, and I sing it on the inside. And and that's just because when, if I sing out loud, people cry, animals howl. It's just not, it's not a pretty sight, all right? So I just sing inside, but I let myself just worship the Lord. It's amazing how I might sing a song we just sang that weekend, or I might sing a song from 30 years ago. It's amazing. And that song just allows me to enter the presence of the Lord. So I just begin to worship God. Uh, Again, if you're at McDonald's or or Starbucks or somewhere, you can use the little earphones, have your little uh, instrument there, iPod, whatever it is, and just just close your eyes and just worship. Now, if you, by the way, if you're in Starbucks and you're listening through earphones, it's better not to sing out loud because no one else can hear the... Uh, so anyway, just just listen and sing to the Lord. Okay, let me read you one more scripture. Acts thirteen two says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Now I just want you to notice, While they were worshiping, the Holy Spirit spoke. So be still and worship. Here's number three. Pray and read. Pray and read. Now, I'm telling you, this is a structure, and, I, and please listen to me. I know that some people are more structured than others, and I've seen structures for times to be able to hear the Lord, and some are a little too rigid for me, and some are a little too loose for me. So I'm giving you a structure, though, that will work for everyone, although you may adjust it a little bit. Okay? Pray and read. Just take some time to pray to the Lord and to read his word. Let me read you a few verses. Mark one thirty-five. Now in the morning, now that's a time, having risen a long while before daylight, he, this is speaking of Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place. There's a place. And there he prayed. So Jesus set an appointment to meet with his father. And he set a time and he set a place. And he went out and he prayed. Psalm 119, verse 147. David said, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. That would be prayer. I hope in your word. That's the word. So, prayer and the word of God. Now, let me tell you what to pray about. All right? It's very, very simple. So, you're going to tell me what to pray about? Oh, yeah. Listen, it's very easy. Pray about whatever's on your heart that day. You don't have to pray. About the president that day, unless the president's on your heart. You don't have to pray about Gateway Church that day, unless Gateway Church is on your heart. Pray about whatever's on your heart. That day, you may have just gotten a phone call from one of your children about something, and that's what's on your heart. That day, you may have just heard something about your job, and that's what's on your heart. Just pray about whatever's on your heart, and just tell God about whatever's on your heart, and then read the Bible somewhere. All right? Now, I've told you the number one question I get asked as a pastor is, Pastor, how do you hear God? And we're talking about that during the series. The number one question I get asked about uh, the Bible and about reading the Bible is, Where? Where should I read in the Bible? Okay, I'm going to tell you where. Here's my question Pastor, where should I read in the Bible? You ready? On the inside. That's the best place I've found to read the Bible, all right? Anywhere on the inside is good. You could read a proverb a day. There are 31 proverbs, you read proverbs every month. Many, many people read, if if it's it's, uh, October 3rd, they'll read Proverbs 3. And I think it's good to read maybe one chapter in the Old Testament and maybe one chapter in the New Testament. Or you can read through the Bible in a year. There are reading plans to be able to do this. Now, I know that you might come to a place where it says, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so begat so-and-so, and pretty soon, by the way, you will probably begat tired. Uh, but I want to say something to you as your pastor. So I'm saying this in the official role that I have as your pastor. When you come to the begats, I give you permission to skip ahead. Okay? Okay? you have permission from a man of God, you can skip ahead, okay? Just read somewhere in the Bible. Read the Gospels. Read the the book of Acts. Read the uh, the prophets. Just read somewhere in the Bible. I promise you, God will speak to you. Now, here's number four. Listen and write. This is very important. Listen and write. Listening seems to be the hardest thing for us to do. But if we learn to do it, we'll hear God's voice. Now, let me tell you a few things about writing, by the way, listening and writing. Let me read you a few scriptures. I'm going to read the first one out of the message. And by the way, when I say read somewhere in the Bible, it would be good to get a a New Living Translation or the message or an NIV or something that is a dynamic translation rather than an exact translation because it's easier to read and this is just reading this isn't studying this is reading so get a version that's easy to read so this is uh, psalm 45 1 from the message my heart burst its banks he's talking about his time meeting with god spilling beauty and goodness i pour it out in a poem to the king shaping the river into words Here's what he's saying. When I meet with God, my heart just seems to overflow. And the best thing I can do is just write it in in a poem. I just write like a a poem to the Lord, to the King. That's what I do. I just write what I'm hearing. And we have, by the way, 150 of those poems that David wrote right here. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 19. This is David talking about the building of the temple. All this, and he's referring to all the details of the temple all this said david the lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plans here's what he's saying when i would meet with god god would just speak to me about things about the temple and i would just write things and as i would write them i would understand what god was saying Habakkuk 2.2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. The best way I know. Now listen, this is very important for me to say this to you. The best way I know to learn to hear the voice of God is to write when you're meeting with God. Write it. Now let me tell you how to do that, all right? Um write your prayers. Instead of praying your prayers, write your prayers. Lord, I'm concerned about my daughter. You know that she seems to be going a different way. I pray that you will bring friends around her that will encourage her in the Lord. I pray that God, that the friends that would drag her away, that you would get them out of her life. I pray Lord, that you will bring back the remembrances of her memories of going to church and your presence are just right. Write your prayers, okay? So write your prayers. Then write what you think. This is important. Write what you think God's answer would be to your prayers. You say, well, how do I know it's God? It's it's really, don't worry about that. What do you think God's will is for your daughter? I love your daughter. I want to see your daughter come back. I will answer your prayers for you. Just write what you think God is saying in answer to your prayers and then here's another thing you can write write what you think god is saying to you through the scripture you read that day let's say you read one of the proverbs and it talked about how a wise man seeks counsel and a wise man holds his tongue and a wise man learns to control the words that he says so you say i think you're right i think the lord is saying to me that I should seek counsel in the decisions that are facing me. And that I should learn to speak wisdom instead of foolishness. I should, And you just write these things. Listen to me. After a while, you'll be surprised. You will be shocked at how fast you, will, you won't even be able to keep up. And many of you have had this experience. God speaking to you so fast, you can't even keep up fast enough to be able to write what he's saying to you. And then years from now, you'll have volumes. But here's the thing. Not just the volumes. You will look back and see how God directed your life. How God helped you make the right decision when you needed to make that decision. And you'll look back and say, thank you, Lord, that I showed up for our appointment. Thank you. Now, let me read you one more verse. First Samuel 3 verse 1 says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the, vo- and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. I want to zero you in on the word rare. The word of the Lord was rare. Now, this word rare in the Hebrew has the connotation of limited supply. Like we would say something is, in, is rare, it's, it's limited. But that's a secondary meaning. The primary meaning of this word is valuable and precious. The word of the Lord was valuable. It was valuable and it was precious. And another way to really say it was, it was valued. The word of the Lord was valued. People valued hearing the word of the Lord. Now I want to ask you something. Do you really value hearing God's voice? Uh, I I mentioned to you uh, the book a few weeks ago, whispers by bill hybels i finished the book now i just started it and had read about a fourth to half probably um when i recommended it but i recommended it uh even though i not finished the book on the basis of bill because i know bill i know his life and i know he's a man of integrity i know he loves god and uh he's going to be with us by the way at our first conference this year um for one of the evening sessions i just i just knew i knew if Bill wrote this, it was going to be powerful and wonderful. And so uh, there is also, I, by the way, I want every member of the church to get one out. Let me say something. I'm sorry about this, but we sold out again this weekend. We had hundreds of books at all the campuses and the greedy people that were here before you. Um, so we'll get more, okay? But if you want to go online, just if you just can't wait, go to Amazon.com or wherever, or Willow Creek or wherever and get them. It is an amazing book. It's the best book I've ever read on hearing God. Let me just say that. There's a whole chapter in here about how to hear God for for parents, parents hearing God. Um, Let me just say this. Any of you have kids? Okay, if you have kids, you need to hear God. You really need to know how to hear God. So it's it's awesome. So please get it. We'll have it again next weekend. Um, But... There's a DVD series that goes along with it that was, uh, I guess, for leaders. We never had that here in the bookstore. But I got that DVD series, and Bill tells a story uh, about a man working a job in advertising that uh, talked to him about having the time to be able to do this. And I thought, you have to hear this. You have to hear what happened when this man set aside time to hear God. And Bill calls the voice of God whispers. Those little, all of us have heard the whispers. And so I want you to hear this story about what happened in this man's life, who set aside time to hear the
1: whispers of God. Over the years, I've tried to coach people how they can get into a position where they can maybe hear more promptings from God. And this gets a little on the practical side of things, but sometimes that's what you have to do. I remember coaching our whole congregation on these basics one day. And afterwards, there was a young advertising executive who approached me after the service. And uh, he said, what kind of world do you live in that you could actually spend time every day, like meeting with God and listening for whispers? He, He said, I don't live in that kind of world. I commute to downtown Chicago, leave the house at 530 in the morning, get back at 630 at night. I just can't make room for that kind of thing in my life. And I said to him, well, uh, I make room for anything in my life that I think has value. And I think listening to God and hearing his promptings and whispers has a value. So I'm not trying to compare my schedule and yours. I'm just saying I've made room for this in my life. You've got a choice to make in your life. And he walked away. I thought maybe I'd never see him again. Many months later, uh, he came down and saw me after a service And his countenance was different. He just looked a little bit more centered and maybe a little less frenzied. And uh, he said, I wonder if you and your wife would come over to our house for a dinner. And I said, well, I'll have to check with the boss, but uh, I'll get back to you. And I did, and they lived in the area. And so Lynn and I went over to their home. And uh, we were having appetizers, and he tugged at my sleeve, and he said, come see something I've wanted to show you for a long time. And I didn't know what he was going to show me, but he took me to a room that overlooked his back deck, and there was a rocking chair, a really quality rocking chair. He said, that day you told me that maybe I should, you know, make time to quiet myself before God and read his word and listen to his whispers. He said, I I went out and I bought a quality rocking chair. I love rocking chairs. And I decided I would make time in the morning to sit in that rocking chair and overlook my back deck, have a cup of coffee, and just read God's Word and see what would happen. And he said, I've been doing this virtually every morning since you gave me that challenge. Uh, Several months later, I was quite surprised. I ran into this man after a church service, and he said, "Uh, could I have a private conversation with you? I'm thinking about leaving the advertising business. And I knew he had been very successful in, in that vocation. And I said, well, tell me about this. And he said, well, you know, I sit in that chair every day. And as I've been searching God's Word and listening for promptings, uh, I just decided there's something of greater value that I'd like to do with the best hours of my day. And he said, I'm good at advertising, but God's been prompting me a little bit. Maybe maybe I could help you build Willow. And I said, well, you know, no one's getting any salaries around here and it's very hard work and we don't know if the church is ever going to really make it. So I, I, can't, I can't promise you anything, really. And he said, I've done quite well in advertising. My savings can hold me over for a time. I said, well, you go back to that rocking chair and you make sure this is of God because I don't really want to take responsibility for your life and family. And, so, and uh, several weeks later, he came back and he said, I resigned from my position downtown. He said, I'm ready to come to work tomorrow morning. And I said, really? <laughs> and he did. And he started working as an unpaid employee at Willow, and was a fantastic staff member. And the church was able to get a little bit stronger, and we were able to pay him a salary. Uh, again, as as the church uh, began to compile a little more resource, and then it was several years after that he came into my office, and uh, he said, "I need to have a, a conversation with you. I think God's prompting me to leave Willow and help a friend of mine start a church in Colorado." I said, where did this all come from? He said, well, you know, that chair, you know, I still sit in it every morning. And my friend really has a heart to to start this church in Colorado, and and he needs help. And he said, "Uh, God's been prompting me. I think I'll go back into the advertising uh, vocation out west, and maybe I can earn money to support the start of that new church. And I said, really? You really think God's telling you to do this? Maybe you should go back to that chair for a little while and get confirmation of it, of this kind of thing And so he did and several weeks later He came back and he said God confirmed. This is what I'm supposed to do So in just a few months he packed his family up and he moved to Colorado where he got a job in advertising and and gave Most of the money from his salary to the launch of that new church and you would think that this story has a happy ending But it was only a few years after the launch of that church in Colorado that he was sitting in that same chair one day and absorbed a doctor's report that said cancer had enveloped his body and it didn't look good. And he brought that doctor's report right to that chair and prayed over it and asked God to do a miracle and a miracle in his case wasn't going to happen but he asked god to give him peace that passes human understanding and god did answer that prayer and uh, he faced a very difficult and painful death from the strength that he gained every day in that chair and there came a day when they had to move him out of that chair and put him in a hospital bed it's a very tough day and he wasn't in that hospital bed very long and he died Uh, the family asked if i would fly to Colorado and give the eulogy at his funeral. I did. It was a very uh, tough thing to do. It's a fantastic guy. Uh, after the funeral was over, I talked to his wife and uh, I said, what are you going to do with that chair? And she said, well, we're going to keep that chair in the family. You know, God changed Tom's life in that chair. God whispered to Tom in that chair and uh, she was saying we'd like to pass that chair from one generation to the next to the next but never underestimate what God can do in a chair or in the front seat of a pickup truck some of the carpenters who attend our church just meet with God and listen for whispers front seat of a pickup some people do it on a commuter train going downtown and uh, other people will do it in a coffee shop it doesn't matter where so much just that you devote the time to quiet yourself to listen to god and to be open to what he might say to you we make
0: time for whatever we value so everybody says pastor i want to hear god do you really i mean do you really if you do you make time my question for you and for all of you watching is how valuable is hearing God to you? We, we talk about, someone says, well, the Lord told me this or the Lord told me that. And we say, well, I wish I heard God like that. Well, how much of a value do you put on hearing God? So I'm going to give you the most practical way I know to learn to hear God, all right? So I have four points for you today. Here's number one, set an appointment. Set an appointment. If you want to talk with someone, even today, you set an appointment with that person, right? Uh, Let me read you some scripture. Exodus 19, verses 10 and 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day... The Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And then verse 19 says, And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, now listen, and God answered him by voice. See, this is one of the things we've already talked about, but all through the Bible, God spoke. And he spoke to people. The Bible opens with God speaking to Adam and Eve, and it closes with God speaking to John on the island of Patmos, the book of Revelation. And every book of the Bible, every book of the Bible has God speaking. Every book of the Bible. So there's a speaking God. So God still speaks, but he answered by voice. He did it on the third day. But here's what he said. Uh, Have the people do this first two days, and then on the third day, I'm going to show up and I'm going to speak. You know what God was doing? Saying an appointment. He was setting an appointment. Uh, Let me say it another way. God comes to a prepared atmosphere. Think about how much preparation goes into a church service. And you you may have served in some area of your church, or you may even be in leadership in the church. But what would happen if you went to church one day and they weren't prepared? No no, no teachers in the classrooms for your kids. No one to help you park. Worship team, they, they, they were all playing different songs. They didn't even know which song they were going to play. And the pastor got up and said, listen, I didn't prepare this week, but I'm just going to do my best. You know, would God really show up? No, he comes to a prepared atmosphere. So listen to me. <laughs> uh, sure, we're talking about church meeting with God once a week. What about, every, what about meeting with God in the mornings? Yes. He comes to a prepared atmosphere. Set an appointment. Set an appointment to meet with God. Now, listen, you set appointments to meet with people you don't even like. (laughs) Why wouldn't you set an appointment to meet with God? And what do you do when you set an appointment? You set a time and a place. Those are the two things, right? Who you're going to meet with, where you're going to meet, and what time. So you got who, so that's God. But then you set a time and a place. One of our pastors uh, and by the way, let me say this. A uh, a misappointment will turn into a disappointment. But you actually can't miss an appointment if you don't set one. You just have a disappointment. So one of our pastors um, is just a great man of God and known the Lord for a long time. His time and place, it's, it's about 6 in the morning, and it's at McDonald's. Literally. He puts the, his earphones in. He has worship music on his plat- on his laptop, and he spends time with the Lord, and he writes in journals from 6 to 7 every morning at McDonald's. I've even had to say the church, because everybody loves him, wants to meet with him. Don't go until after 7. But if you want to meet, his name's Tom Lane. If you want to meet with Pastor Tom Lane, just start going to McDonald's <laughs> around 7 o'clock. You'll find him. He's the, like the number two guy. At a church, you know, of over, we have over 30,000 attendants, over 800 on staff. He, he's very important to me. But I think about it sometimes. I have to let you know something. He goes to McDonald's so much, he has been customer of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. You know? <laughs> right. I am proud of him for meeting with God. So, I'm just, listen, just know this is I know this is practical. But every one of you here and every one of you watching want to hear God, but most of you don't set an appointment. It's very important to have an appointment. All right, here's number two. Be still and worship. Now, I put the be still in there because that's tough. And I'm not talking, just talking about physically. I'm talking about in your mind. Quiet your mind. Here are some verses. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Some of these verses you've heard. Be still and know. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Second Chronicles 20, verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. All right, let's just stop for a minute. How many of you like to hear that from God? <laughs> you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. And that... In that instance, in 2 Chronicles 20, he said, put the musicians out front and send the musicians out front. Now, they're, they're in a war. There, there are people over there with swords and spears and bows and arrows. He said, put the musicians out front. I personally would like, uh, you know, my finger's a little sore day. I don't think I can play today. You know? I don't think I don't want to be in front of the battle. But God said, you let the worshipers go out. Here's what happened. When the worshipers went out, He confused the enemy, and they turned and killed each other. Think about that. If you'll worship God, he can confuse the enemy, and the enemy just kill himself. You don't even have to do it. You just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When I worship, I can feel myself slowing down. I feel it. I can feel my mind and my heart slowing down. I can get still in the presence of the lord um, i was having a tremendous back pain uh... one time in my life tremendous back pain for about a year i went through several procedures i went through to several specialists it felt like a knife in my back right between my shoulder blades i mean it felt like that i'm talking about all the time wake up in the morning go to bed at night and it would get worse and worse this is you think i was gonna say it's amazing it's really not it would, it would be worse when I would speak, stand up to speak, and, and be in such pain, I, you know, on the verge of tears. And one morning, I decided to have, this is, I, this is a little word that I have kind of, this phrase means something to me, an extended quiet time. Because you have a quiet time every day, but sometimes, about three times a week, I have what I call an extended quiet time. It's where I have a little more time in the presence of the Lord. I just set aside that time. And so I thought, I've got time. today to haven't extended quite time. And so I got in the presence of the Lord, and I started just crying out to God, not for my back, for me. And then the Lord started dealing with me about unbelief. He said, you know, you can preach on healing. You know the doctrine of healing. I can explain to you why some people are healed and why some people are not healed, theologically. I can show it to you in Scripture. I prayed for people to be healed, and I've seen people healed. I'm, I've seen, I saw a woman healed of cataracts in front of my eyes. Where her her eyes went from white to blue. I saw it. So I I, I prayed for a deaf man one time that got healed. So I've seen people healed. But the Lord dealt with me and said, you can believe for everyone else to be healed but you. And he said, you think you're too bad to be healed. But it's the same with salvation. The reason you get saved is because you're bad. Right? So I just wanted to let all of you know, you're bad enough to get healed. (laughs) Because we think you have to be good to get healed. No, you just have to be bad to receive grace from God. Now, of course, I could go to Romans, and so, well, should we sin more? God forbid. No, don't go out and be bad. You're already bad enough. Okay, you've got that. But in that quiet time, I was just telling God, I'm, I'm sorry for my unbelief. And the Lord, I felt it. It's one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Pulled the knife out of my back and it happened immediately it was an instantaneous healing that he did for me here's number three pray and read now uh... we should always pray and read our bible but i want i want to just i want to go back to something just for a moment most people when they think of a quiet time think of pray prayer and read in your bible and they don't think of worship it's very very important to worship God and enter His presence before you pray and read, very important. As a matter of fact, um, in the Old Testament, God killed two sons of a priest because they were supposed to enter the presence of the Lord and then put the incense on the fire so that the fire would go the smoke would go up in the presence of the Lord. They actually put the incense on the fire outside of the tabernacle, and they died. What does that represent? It represents the incense and on fire represents prayers going up before God. That's what Revelation says. But he said, no, no, you come into my presence before you put that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't breathe a prayer anytime. time. But if you're really going to talk with God, you enter his presence. If you're going to talk to me, you need to enter my presence. So we need to enter his presence. So pray and read. Uh, Mark 1, verse 35, in the morning, this is all about Jesus. Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Psalm 119, verse 147, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help, that's prayer, I hope in your word, that's the word. Okay, so I'm going to do something that you might not think I would do. I'm going to tell you what to pray about and where to read in the Bible. Okay, so I say, preachers all the time say, you need to pray and you need to read the Bible. And we think, well, how do I pray or what do I pray about and where do I read? Okay, so I'm going to tell you. i got it all figured out, all right? I'm going to tell you what to pray about and where to read in the Bible. Okay, here's what you pray about, whatever's on your heart. Whatever's on your heart. If your kids are on your heart, pray about your heart because you're not going to be able to think about anything else until you do that. Prayer, if you want one of the simplest definitions of prayer... Prayer is the transference of a burden. I'll say that again. Prayer is transferring the burden. If, if you uh, pray, uh, uh, if you go in a closet or whatever, and you talk to God, and you come out of that closet and you're still burdened, you didn't pray. You just griped. Here's what we do, by the way, with burdens. You know you weren't designed to carry burdens. Sheep can't carry burdens. Sheep are not pack animals. You've never heard someone say, I'm going on safari, I need to rent some packed sheep. Because okay, so sheep cannot carry burdens, they can only lay them at the feet of Jesus. But here's what we do we, we say, my, uh, we, we go in and we say, Lord, I'm just going to lay this at your feet. I just lay that at your feet, Lord. I just, I just can't carry that, Lord, anymore. And I just lay it at your feet, God. I'm just laying that at your feet, Lord. I'm just, I, I, I lay that at your feet. Well, if you're just going to sit there. <laughs> this lady said to me one time, she said, I said, she was telling me something. I said, You just need to give that to the Lord. She said, Oh, I've given it to him many times. I said, How can you give it to him many times unless you took it back? So pray about whatever's on your heart, and here's where to read. You say, Okay, where in the Bible do I read? You ready? I'm going to tell you. On the inside anywhere on the inside. I've already read the outside Holy Bible. I haven't even got it memorized, okay? <laughs> anywhere on the inside. But you can read uh, a chapter in Old Testament, a chapter in New Testament. You can read a psalm and a proverb a day. Proverbs has 31. You can read one a day. Um, you can read through the Bible in a year. Just read the Bible. Just pray and read the Bible every day. And here's number four. Listen and write. Now, this is the best way I know To hear God. Okay? So, um, set an appointment. And then be still in worship. Pray and read. And then after you pray and read the Bible, listen and write down what you think God is saying. Let me show you how scriptural it is to write what you think God is saying to you. Psalm 45, verse 1. This is David speaking. My heart, this is from the Message Version of the Bible. My heart bursts its banks. He's talking about the burden on his heart. Spilling beauty and goodness, I pour it out in a poem to the king. Shaping the river into words. And, of course, we have a lot of the psalms that David wrote. Uh, 1 Chronicles 28, 19. All this, says David, the Lord made me understand... In writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plans. In other words, I wrote down what I felt God was saying to me. Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. The best way I know to hear God is to write. And to write down what you think God is saying. In other words, if you read a scripture for the day, And um, let's just say that you're reading, and you're reading in Ephesians 5 about husbands and wives and things like that, and you're a, a husband, you could say, I feel like God is saying to me to love my wife like Jesus loves me. And, Lord, I know you love me unconditionally. And I know, Lord, that you're not criticizing me or condemning me. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. And I have been critical and condemning. So I'm asking you to help me love my wife as you love me. You see what I'm saying? You're just writing those things. And I believe you're saying to me this, this, and this, and this. You can't imagine how you'll hear God. Because then later in the day, something will happen, and you'll think, oh, that's what God was telling me this morning. He was telling me not to do that. See? So write it down. Um, now, we're talking about value his voice. So let me tell you why I named it this. Um, we make time for whatever we value. Uh, I'll give you, this might be a male and female illustration, but it might not. It could go both ways. But uh, to the ladies, if you value Nordstrom's, (laughs) yes, amen, (laughs) you make time for Nordstrom's. If you value shoes, you make time to buy shoes, right? Uh, so, guys, if you value Bass Pro Shops, you make time. My wife said, you know, it's amazing to me how you get tired after 20 minutes at the mall <laughs> and you can spend hours at Bass Pro Shops and, don't never get, and you never get tired. It's because I value Bass Pro Shops, okay? So what, what, do, you, what do you value? Uh, obviously, children, grandchildren. We talked about grandchildren a little bit before we started taping today. I make time for my grandchildren because I value them. Okay, so everybody says, Pastor, I want to hear God. Do you really? I mean, do you really? If you do, you make time. Uh, A friend of mine uh, named Bill Heibels, who's a pastor, wrote a book called Whispers. It's about how God speaks to us, whispers. And he tells the story in the book of a man that uh, he he, uh, came to him after a Sunday message, and Bill talked about making time to meet with God. And this guy was a young advertising executive, and he came to Bill, and he said, what, what kind of world do you live in? You know, that you can actually spend like 30 minutes a day just reading your Bible and praying and just listening to God. And listening. You talk about listening and writing what God was saying to you. What kind of world do you live in? He said, I commute like an hour every day to work. I don't have time to do that. And Bill said, Well, I don't want to, you know, compare schedules. You know, we're all busy. But I make time for whatever I value, and I value hearing God. And you'll just have to decide if if this is something you value or not. So a few months later, this man came out to him after service and said, Hey, um, can you and your wife come over for dinner? And Bill said, Well, you know, I'll have to check with the boss, you know, and, and see. And so they checked, and they lived close, so it, it, he would be able to do it with the schedule. And so they went over to their house for dinner. The ladies were talking, and this guy said to Bill, Come here, I want to show you something. And he took him to this room that overlooked the back porch, and there was this beautiful rocking chair, beautiful rocking chair. And the guy said, I I like rocking chairs. And he said, after I talked with you, I decided to just try what you said. So I set my alarm 30 minutes earlier, and he said, every morning for 30 minutes, I get a cup of coffee and I get my Bible, and I sit in that rocking chair for 30 minutes. And I read somewhere in the Bible And then I just listen, and he said, I write down what I think God's saying to me. And he said, I want you to know something. It's changed my life. It's changed my life. And I want to tell you, thank you. Well, a few years later, the guy comes up to him after service and says, hey, I want to talk about something. And Bill said, "Uh, okay. He said, well, you know that rocking chair that I told you about? And he said, yeah. He said, I've been sitting in that rocking chair, and I think God wants me to leave the advertising business and come on staff here at Willow Creek at the church and help you build the church. The church was real small at time. And Bill, at that time, he said, well, you know, no one's getting paid around here, and so we can't pay you. He said, well, I have enough savings, and I can do it. So Bill said, he said, I, you know, I don't want to take responsibility for you and your family. He said, you need to go back to that chair and, and listen a little bit more and make sure. So he came back then a few weeks later. He said, hey, I went back to the chair. This is what God is saying. He said, I quit my job, and I'll be at work tomorrow morning. So the guy came to work as an unpaid employee, and he was one of the best employees they ever had. Helped them build the church from the expertise that he had, you know. Then a few years later, he came back. He said, hey, can I talk to you about something? And Bill said, sure. He said, well, you know that rocking chair? <laughs> he said, yeah, I know that rocking chair. He said, well, there's a friend of mine that's moving to Colorado to start a church, and I feel like God has spoken to me to, to go out there, get a job in the advertising business, and help fund the startup of that new church. And uh, Bill said, you, you really believe God sent you this? He said, I do. He said, okay. So he went to Colorado, and for years he helped that church, and he helped it, you know, with wisdom and, and finances to be able to grow. And then one day he sat in that same rocking chair, and in that rocking chair he read a doctor's report how cancer had enveloped his body. But he took that report to God in that rocking chair. And eventually, they had to move him from that rocking chair to a place to get care, and then he passed away. And they asked Bill to come and speak at the funeral. And after the funeral, he was at the house with the widow and the family and the kids, and he said, Hey, um, what are you going to do with that rocking chair? And they said, We're going to pass that rocking chair down to our children and our grandchildren. Because he heard God in that chair. Okay, this may sound strange, but here's what I'm saying. I want you to have a chair. I want you to have a place where you hear God. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And we we, we just, I'd just like to end with just a very simple prayer. If you just pray from your heart, Lord, help me to value Hearing your voice and to make room and time in my life to hear your voice.
1: In Jesus' name, amen.